This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Look right down any crowded hall. You'll see there's a beauty standing. Is she really everywhere or a reflection? One always calls out to you. The other's shy and quiet. Could there be two different girls who look the same at Sweet Valley, Sweet Valley High? Sweet Valley, Sweet Valley High? Welcome to Pi Beta Alpha, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of the Sweet Valley High TV show, episode by episode. I'm Anna Carey. I'm Karen Moynihan. And this week, it is part one, part one, listeners, of three of Kidnapped. Oh my God. I'm so excited that we have a proper like story arc going on here. This, oh, is, this is big news. Three episode story arc. And we're, we're, it ends on a cliffhanger. So, well, as all good story arcs do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have not had that before. Well, we'll we'll dive right in with our blurb and inverted commas. Can you share the Wikipedia description of this episode, please? I would be delighted to. Okay, so <laughs> kidnapped, part one. <gasps> Elizabeth and Jessica volunteer as candy stripers at the local hospital where they meet television host Jeremy Frakes. Oh, he's in the TV show. He is our beloved, frankly speaking. Of course. So don't Winston worry, listeners. May- <laughs> Yeah, it's all fine. Uh, Winston may have a crush on Elizabeth. Uh, it's very stilted. There's lots of just kind of short sentences. Um, okay. There's a hospital employee who's very disturbed, but Elizabeth befriends him. <laughs> Unfortunately, it turns out to be a big mistake. Uh-oh. <laughs> this is a long one. Last week was like half a sentence. It's like it just got cut off before it finished. Yeah. So this is one of the longer ones, but again, quite stilted. And then it just there's a little note saying, based loosely on book 12, When Love Dies. Ooh. <laughs> well, I mean, that's based loosely on a completely different book. So that is very loose. Well, you know, although When Love Dies is the one where they go candy striping, isn't it? Because it's like she gets kidnapped at the end of that to then open and kidnapped, is it? But was it? God, was I can't remember. starring Jessica. Oh no, that was one where she wanted to be on uh, the Those guest on Eric different, Parker's yes, TV different show. talk show. Oh, <laughs> you have to look that up, but it is. Uh, <laughs> I guess they are mixing up quite a lot of um, of book inspiration with mm. some actual. I mean, at least one scene that is drawn directly from the yep. book. Absolutely, it's quite memorable. <laughs> Well, we begin this episode at the Moon Beach, where Liz, and delightful to see it in real life, is in her candy stripe out, uh, striper outfit. It's perfect. It's just like I imagined it. Um, yeah. It's kind of, well, it's red and white, I think, but looks kind of pink. Like, mm. it's it's great. A great look. <laughs> it is. And uh, she's there with Todd. <laughs> God almighty, he hits a new low in this episode. Oh, truly. And our fave Winston. And uh, Winston needs to buy a gift for his mother's birthday. 
This is kind of a recurring thing with the boys of Sweet Valley, isn't it? (laughs) Asking girls for help to buy presents for their mothers. (laughs) Oh my God, you're absolutely right. Like being forced to like, I can't buy them by myself. (laughs) Quick, get some emotional labour on the go here from some (laughs) friend of mine or girlfriend. (laughs) Well, Todd asks... uh, how you know how much can he spend on the gift and Wince is like oh how much can you lend me <laughs> and when Liz suggests making a gift Winston says he can't top last year's macaroni necklace <laughs> but Liz has a suggestion yeah she suggests well she wonders if he can cook uh so Winston's like do you think she'd like toast <laughs> but uh yeah Liz clarifies that she means means that uh, he could make her a birthday cake Yes, and she volunteers to help him and even blows off a date with Todd that evening to do it. And frankly, who can blame her? Oh, I mean, yeah, given the two options, like a movie with Todd or hanging out in the kitchen with Winston. Hmm, such a tough one to call. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jessica arrives in a black dress with white uh, collar and cuffs, which is very much something I would have worn back then, and um, joins them. Of course, she turns, rudely turns down Winston's offer to sit on his side and would rather squash into one half of a of a booth with Todd and Liz. Oh, God. Yeah, just continuing to be rude and mean to Winston for no good reason. Hmm. Well, Liz has some news that's very exciting for Jessica. Yeah, so she, she fills her in that the... Um, she's like, you'll never guess who's just been transferred to the hospital. And it's... Jeremy Franks. Yay! <laughs> oh, that's a nice, it's not even a deep dive, but I love when they actually, because it's been so rare that they actually give um, uh, a character from the books their real name. Unlike poor old, spoiler alert, Carl the Orderly, who gets name oh. changed for no reason. Sidelined unnecessarily. Mm. Yeah, but it's it's Jeremy Franks. And I did notice they never actually they just say, Oh, the guy with the talk show, and they never actually say, frankly speaking. Do they not? No, they actually yeah, well, oh fully, my brain was filling in the blanks as well. I was like, I guess <laughs> even my notes don't even call him Jeremy Franks, they call him frankly speaking. <laughs> I'm just like, she's in Frankly's room. <laughs> I just can't bring my I can't for some reason I can't call him Jeremy Franks. I just keep calling him frankly speaking. And I did go back and check, and they never once say the words <gasps> frankly speaking. Oh, a missed opportunity. Maybe it's yet to come. There's two more whole other parts. So who knows? Mm, I have watched the second one. (laughs) You cheated. uh, I did cheat. Well, you'll understand why, listeners, when you hear the end, because it ends on quite the cliffhanger. But um, uh, yes, Jessica is a fan of, frankly speaking, and it turns out Winston fancies his co-host. But uh, Jessica has read that this co-host is leaving the show and, frankly speaking, is looking for a replacement. Yeah, so obviously Jessica thinks that she's the perfect replacement to be his co-host, um, mm, which yes. Todd chimes in. Jess, you couldn't even host a parasite. We <laughs> say that in, a, in the charmless, rude way, he says oh, everything. Like, he doesn't say it like he's cracking a joke. He's just no, like, it's like they hate each other. <laughs> but it is kind of funny because like... In fairness to TV, Todd, he does actually get some good digs in at Jessica, whereas Book true, Todd true. will barely say the smallest thing and then he'll just get a load of shit from Liz for even thinking it. Um, <laughs> so it is kind of satisfying that they do jab at each other a bit. But just, yeah, the, the, the delivery, it's not really up there. No, and I think it's just because Todd is is kind of horrible throughout this episode that I 
he even makes me on Jessica's uh, feel on Jessica's side when oh, he turns yeah. attention to her. Oh, particularly in this episode, you just can't help but take a him, as you might say. Indeed. <laughs> well, um, Jessica, when he says that she couldn't hold a pa- host a parasite, <gasps> Jessica goes, "Ooh, a three-syllable word," at him, and uh, then demands Liz get her gets her in to see old frankly speaking. But Liz rightly points out it's a hospital, not a talent agency, and only family are allowed in. And uh, Jessica says that she's family. <laughs> and this is like, not my family. They're not like, that's, you don't get the visitor list. Yeah. So uh, she, leaves, she sta- Liz stands firm and leaves with Todd, whereupon Jessica brags that people love her. Me, well, says they love me they open up to me i'm a really good listener and then winston uh, tries to get a word in and jessica's not having it no she's just like shut up i'm talking <laughs> like really cross <laughs> i do like the way they very much show up what a selfish bitch jessica is which you know when she acts like that in the in the book there's either the books it's generally not sort of acknowledged that it's dickish behavior. It's just sort of like, oh, crazy Jessica. Whereas here, she's like cartoon villain, which I enjoy. That's true. Yeah. And it, it nearly makes her more likable for it because there's kind of an undercurrent of, would you get a load of this one? Like, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. ridiculous. Whereas yeah. in the books, when she's rude, it's just sort of, that's she's just, just Jessica. Yeah. She's just a terrible person. <laughs> well, in another, I mean, getting rid of Frankly Speaking was bad enough, but the hospital <laughs> has been... <laughs> Its name has been uh, transformed. And I'm sure Joshua Fowler is spinning in his grave. (laughs) I have no doubts. Yeah. And we've actually, we have seen shots, like exterior shots of this like hospital sign before in the, what do you call it? The motorbike crash episode. Oh, that's true. I can't remember. Dangerous Love. Um, So yeah, it's Sweet Valley Community Hospital. Mm. However, earlier on when... Liz was filling Jess in on the new patient. She did call it the Memorial Hospital, I which I thought was interesting. <laughs> yeah. Some fan of the books was trying to get uh, <laughs> call it Memorial. <laughs> well, in a private room in the hospital, who should be on the phone in, uh, tell us the 90s now, he's on his little flip phone, <laughs> frankly speaking himself. There you go, that's his name now. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, he's all laid up with his broken leg uh, from his skiing accident. He's got a neck brace on and everything. Mm. And he's very much the like perfect 90s yuppie type with his big yeah. mobile phone and a little goatee. <laughs> like it's a look for sure. Yeah. I actually looked up the uh, actor who plays him. And Same. it turns out he is now an Emmy Award winning casting director. He's massively successful. <laughs> like, yeah, really successful casting director from like Scrubs and One Tree Hill in the middle and like has, yeah, won loads of awards for yeah. his casting. It's amazing. And he's on Twitter and like has a book blog. He's <laughs> lovely. I love uh, him. <laughs> well, fair to Scrubs was an incredible cast. So uh, yeah. good. Uh, well done, frankly speaking. Absolutely. <laughs> he did very well for himself. <laughs> He's got skills. He does. Um, well, yeah, as you said, he's 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 in bed with his with his phone and uh, is trying to get some rest. But his producer is demanding that he look at audition tapes. But uh, when Liz wheels a trolley of magazines and newspapers in, it's clear that they have uh, they're they're already friends. Yeah, they have a nice kind of friendly banter kind of between them, and obviously. 
they're on very good terms because mm. she's like, oh, I brought you some newspapers. And he's like, oh, God, I can't even look at newspapers. I'm so busy. And she's like, oh, you like this one, though? And like produces a pizza box out of her, her trolley. Yeah. So she's like sneaking in food for him and stuff. So it is kind of a cute like friendship that they have going on. Yeah. Nice. And he offers her a slice. Like he's actually seems like a nice guy. He, he offers does, her a yeah. slice of pizza. And she has, but she has to get back to uh, delivering magazines. But she, mm. they joke about her about her bringing him in a Philly cheese st- uh, steak later, which I still think of as being a fictional thing that Charlie from Always Sunny eats. Oh, <laughs> no, they're very real and very I delicious. <laughs> <laughs> well, outside, Elizabeth uh, wheels her magazine sta- trolley around and then she pumps into a person I can only think of as Carl the Orderly. I mean, why would you change his name? Like... That's it, because as my notes just say, it's like, Liz leaves with her trolley and crashes into dot, dot, dot. Peter? Are <laughs> 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 question marks? Are we sure about this? Can you not just be Carl? Come on. I mean, really, why change the name? It's so weird, isn't it? I don't know why. Mm. Well, um, like the fictional uh, novel, Carl, he is, I don't know why I said fictional there, as if this is the real one. <laughs> this is the real this man, the documentary. Yes. Actual stalker. <laughs> like the book, Carl, um, Peter was all sort of awkward mm. and, um, you know, clearly st- taken by Liz. And a nurse gives out to him and um, they they fumble around picking up the things that were dropped. But Liz is nice to him and says, oh, look, it was my fault. Oh, they should put a stoplight here. And um, when their hands almost touch, uh, Carl keep calling him Carl draws yeah. back and it's like oh yes I am Peter and Liz cheerily introduces herself as Liz so mm, there's some ominous music playing over this though especially when you like kind of their hands touch and he kind of pulls away like he's just been shocked or something yeah. so yeah that's kind of when the ominous music kicks in and it's like oh something bad's gonna happen there's a lot of ominous music in this episode and I am a here lot. for it oh absolutely love it <laughs> So another nurse comes in with some new candy stripers and uh, introduces Liz to them and asks as an old timer if she has any advice. And she says, don't nap on the operating table. You might wake up without a kidney. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's how I got my kidney. Just don't let someone having a nap. <laughs> Fairness to this hospital, based on what we see later, that is a real possibility because it is a Certainly. very unsupervised. Oh, wow. This is a hospital run, run by teenagers, it seems like. <laughs> yeah, there's not many checks and balances in this hospital. <laughs> so the group of candy stripers all laugh at this witticism and they move on. And then Jess re- Liz realizes that who should be at the back of the line of, of candy stripers but Jessica well of course yeah so she's just like how did you end up here <laughs> Jessica's like well you know no pay sick people <laughs> sensible shoes who could I resist <laughs> so obviously Liz knows she's up to something of course and then we cut to the Castletel Wakefield where oh Liz God. and Winston are frankly being delightful oh my god yeah my notes just say Liz and Winston being cute yes <laughs> Liz is so fun and charming when she's with boys who aren't Todd. Yes, absolutely. Like we literally ship her with everyone except Todd. It's ridiculous because whenever she's with Todd, it's just, it's either really soppy and nothing or else he's just being a dick and storming away and she's having to just roll her eyes and fix things. Like she gets exactly. to have no fun with Todd at all. Whereas when she's with Winston or Karichi, she's doing some uh, groovy dance moves. She gets to dance around with those guys. They're so much more fun. And yeah, her and Winston are absolutely fucking adorable in this whole scene because they are just like dancing around the kitchen. Like the place is a mess. It's flat 
flour and eggs all oh, over yes. the shop. What's but, uh, going on with that cake? But you look, there's a big pineapple sitting there because apparently it's going to be a pineapple cake. But like Winston's like drumming on a plastic bowl. Yeah. They're both dancing around. Singing. Like, it's lovely. And then again, <laughs> my notes are just like, oh good, Todd's here to kill the vibe. Because <laughs> he is, and he literally sounds it like this. It's not in a good humor way. It was like, can you keep the noise down? Uh, and I was trying to watch television. But they keep grooving and Winston says, grab a spoon and join us. <laughs> yeah, they're just, they're so delightful. And he's just moping around. It's like, Todd, if you're that fucking bothered, go home and watch the Lakers on your oh, own telly. Like. And he's really angry. So angry. So he goes, oh, tell me when the frosting's ready. And uh, Liz tells him, well, it's a pineapple cake. It doesn't have any frosting. And Todd acts like he has been told somebody has... <laughs> I don't know, like she's just crashed his car and thrown his car into a into a off a cliff. He's like, I don't even get frosty. <laughs> he's a massive baby. Yeah, he's like, I put oh. up with all of this, and it's like, who asked you to go home? Oh, and then Winston and uh, Liz sort of do cutely dance around and sing, "Sorry, we ain't got no frosty." Oh my god! I swear, this little jingle that they do has been stuck in my head since I saw it. It's so cute and so funny. I love it. <laughs> I actually think I got the tune of it wrong. Can you remember it? Oh, uh, she said she's sorry. We ain't got no frosting. (laughs) (laughs) It's so fucking cute. Uh, And Todd, the charmless boar, is still (laughs) obnoxious. Just like, oh my god they're having fun they're making cakes they're singing songs and you're sulking because you can't get to watch whatever the hell you want to watch on television in someone else's house (laughs) literally fuck off home (laughs) (laughs) well meanwhile uh, Jessica sneaks into Jeremy Franks's room where he's watching some trashy talk show and he says, oh, I can't believe this guy is still on the air uh, obviously thinking it's Liz says, I hope you're not a fan Jessica reveals her identity Oh, yes, so yeah, she introduces herself and in, well, it's a slight blip now, to yes. be fair, on old Frankly Speaking That's what I like, would say as well Because like, up oh. to now I was like, ah oh, good, he's like Book Jeremy and he's not a creep, but yeah. he's like twins and you both work here? I'll have to injure myself more often <laughs> So I, then I just wrote down, no Frankly Speaking Bad <laughs> that <laughs> <laughs> i know it is uh i mean we'll, we will have to just put a little note next to frankly speaking's name because apart from <laughs> that he genuinely was kind of nice he was and he and he is like it's just yeah True. like it's the 90s all kinds of shit went down <laughs> shit that was not meant to be said <laughs> and in fairness he's not creepy or weird at all for no mistress. True. So uh, yeah, he um, Jessica asks him, "Can she have an autograph?" And he's like, "Oh, okay, yeah, cool, yeah, fine." But then the photo she gives him is not, him, frankly speaking. Well, of course not. It's her own headshot with her resume on the back and her measurements. I'd love to know what's actually on that resume, though. Is it like Lady Macbeth <laughs> in school production <laughs> of Macbeth? It's like footage attached. <laughs> One week in a atelier belonging to a uh, strange fashion designer and a pug. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Virgil! Uh, the best, the best guest star of the show. 
hands down. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, she says she'll be a fantastic entertainment reporter because I guess that's, that's what the co-host is. Mm. And then insists on turning on the telly, but it's not the TV remote control. Yeah. Oh, God. She picks up um, the like bed remote and starts messing with the buttons, th- thinking it's the TV remote, uh, trying to get it to turn on. So all she's really doing is messing with his bed and moving it up and down and sending him into extreme pain. By yes. The things. For well, frankly speaking. Mm. So a nurse runs in with Elizabeth hot on her heels and the nurse boots Jess out and tells her to go to the geriatric ward and clean up some bedpans, to which Jessica says, ew, uh, which is <laughs> a very uh, what you want to hear from a health professional. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) But also the nurse kind of gives out then to Liz saying this is her ward and she's in charge of keeping everyone out of his room. And it's like, wait, so these teenage volunteers run security detail as well? What are you talking about? (laughs) I know. I mean, I'm really, there are many questions about this hospital. (laughs) Exactly what's involved in the remit of a candy striper, I would like to know because I have questions. (laughs) Well, Jessica runs off, telling Jeremy as she goes to let her know about the job. And when both twins are outside, Jessica does apologise for getting Liz into trouble, but um, says that she had to go uh, in to see Jeremy Franks because he could make her a star. And Liz points out being a candy striper is about helping others, not yourself. And Jessica says, thank you, Saint Liz. Oh, my God. Yes. A huge laugh at that, to be honest, because that's what we call her. And because the Liz in the bo- in the TV show is, in fairness, less of a, a sap than the book mm. one, she just tells her to stay off her ward from now on. She does. Very crossly and firmly. I was like, good for you, Liz. You fucking it, tell her. Exactly. Well, later, Elizabeth has to do some filing at the nurse's station, but she re- discovers it's already been done. Yeah. And of course, we see Peter slash Carl in the background again with the ominous music. Yes. Uh, and she's like, wait, who did this? Because uh, she wants to thank them. But um, yeah, it doesn't get to be too much more ominous for a second because then Todd arrives being uh, cheesy. Oh, God. Yes. He goes, hey, Doc, I have a problem with my lips. Can you check it out? And in what I wish I could believe was a comment on the uh, iniquities of the American private healthcare system, she says, are you insured? Oh God! It's like it's a cute joke. It's like no, it's not really. <laughs> very then, grim. <laughs> very inappropriately for when you're a volunteer in a hospital, they just start snogging away. Yeah, extreme. Again, at like the nurses' station. So it's like, <laughs> what are you doing, lads? <laughs> Get out of here. Well, if they just waited five minutes, they'd fall the privacy they want because apparently this is a hospital where after I don't know five p.m. all the lights go off and oh nobody's around. Literally, what the fuck was like going on with the lights in this hospital? It's like they don't close for the night. It's not a shop. (laughs) Exactly. Well, they uh, go off and Carl, I mean, Peter looks on uh, with the sort of enraged, kind of enraged, but more sort of like Mm, expression on his face. And of course, the sinister music plays. Mm hmm. But then we cut to the uh, Jessica scheme theme because we get a scene that's straight from the books. This is so funny. And it's, I'm so glad they actually kept this in because it plays really well, like on a TV show. Yeah. So yeah, it's just it's like sneaking around with some sneaking around music. Yep. Uh, she's got a massive jug of ice water and like sneaks into 
Frankly's room as I was passing, <laughs> um, like behind a trolley bed that's going past the nurse's station. So she manages to get herself in there. And uh, when she opens the door, it's revealed that he's having his sponge bath. And the nurse that's doing it kind of distractedly asks Jess to come over and help. So as I've written down, Jess is startled by penis and drops a jug of freezing water all over it. And frankly, <laughs> she literally gasps. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> So, uh, understandably, the nurse gives out to her, but does so in a hilarious way, like she's, I don't know, calf of the Jungle Book. She just keeps popping up at yes. each shoulder. She's she like, on her right. Her. It's, it's such a weird, like, direction she was given because she starts at one shoulder, yeah, kind of circles around the back and is at the other shoulder oh. and then goes back around again. It's like, where are you going? <laughs> Well, whatever her moves might be, her uh, purpose is clear. She fires Jessica and uh, tells her to get out of the hospital. Mm. Then we cut briefly to a dark office where Carl, a.k.a. Peter, is looking up Liz's file in the filing cabinets. Well, we cut then to the Moon Beach where Winston thanks his sous chef. Yeah, it kind of it opens quite well because it's got Todd coming away from the counter with a tray with two milkshakes mm. and a plate of chips on it, and Winston just kind of really smoothly like takes the tray yeah. and beside Liz in the booth, and there's one like fluid motion. And I was just like, I just love him. No, he's got moves. <laughs> he really does. And Todd's absolutely fuming, of course. Oh, as ever. Um. So uh, yeah, he's got a thank you gift for Liz. Oh yeah, he's made her a friendship bracelet with his own hands. So cute. <laughs> and of course, Todd is like, what's that piece of string? Oh my God, uh, he's so charmless. <laughs> he really is. And uh, Liz, uh, Liz, Liz charmingly says to Winston that she'll never take it off mm. and gives him a kiss on the cheek. And he heads off. But Todd is, as soon as he goes, Todd reaches even more heights of obnoxiousness. Yeah, I, like I wrote down his his line here, but like prefaced it with Todd, like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you two seem to be getting along real well. <laughs> yeah, dickhead, they're friends. Jesus. <laughs> oh my God. And uh, lest we forget, Winston is also meant to be his friend. Yes, like they're, you were all friends together. What is the issue here? Stop being so weird. Exactly. Well, Liz laughs off his rudeness and jealousy and says, look, Winston's one of her closest friends. And Todd's a little too close. And Liz is genuinely annoyed you know, with Todd's nonsense and hmm. heads off. But when she gets home, what does she find on the doorstep? Oh, there's this huge like bouquet of roses at her door. Uh, so assuming it's Todd, she kind of goes, oh, that's so sweet. Thinking that he's trying to make up for being a dick. No, oh, of course he isn't. <laughs> <laughs> and then we cut to our queen. It's Lila. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, Lila, finally. <laughs> I've been waiting for you. <laughs> now, I'm not sure about her outfit. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, it's oh Lila. Look, you know, it's still Lila, so she still she can make it work. I think, she can. kind well, of, she can, you know, she can make the mustard polo neck work. But I'm the other part of her top mm. half. I just don't think anybody could. Yeah, it's like a green kind of houndstooth cardigan. Um, but it's very, it's like it's oversized or kind of boxy or something. Mm. I said, like, my notes actually, say a sort of boxy grandma cardigan. Yes, and actually, I went back and found. 
who it was that said this on Twitter ages ago, but it was Amelia Almquist on Twitter described Lila as Emily Gilmore, the high school years. And it was just like, holy shit, that's exactly what this oh is. Oh my God. <laughs> Isn't it like? <laughs> if she didn't change her, uh, her outfit, like her, her style from youth to being like yeah. in her 60s. Yeah, it's it's that, like that is what it is. It's It's teen Emily Gilmore just dressing the same way she does as an older woman. Yeah. Well, uh, Jessica is dressed in an outfit that I genuinely might have worn back then. In fact, I think I had a skirt quite like her A-line oh, checks. Yeah, that's quite nice, actually, this outfit. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, she's got a sort of A-line checked grey mini skirt and mm. uh, is wearing, I don't know whether it's a black top with um, white sleeves or if it's a white long sleeved tee with like a sleeveless black tank top over it. But uh, it's actually, you know, it's, it's not bad. Mm, it's a good look. Yeah. Well, she announces that she's, um, you know, she's basically she's not giving up to on her on her scheme to win the the role <laughs> of co-host at the age of sixteen. Oh, Although to be fair, again, making the case for, for TV Jessica, like in the book, Jessica's motivation was to meet him, and then he'll just want to have her on his show. Whereas at least this Jessica is angling for something that's. Not possible per se, but like there is an actual end game where it's like he needs a co-host. I can be a co-host, not like he'll meet me and love me so much. He'll just do a whole show about me for no fucking reason. This so, is yes, this that is, that. is true. Yeah, no, yeah. it is actually more consistent. Yeah, the, or like yeah, it makes a little bit more sense than her usual. Like he'll just have to meet me and then I'll be a star. It's like based on what? <laughs> well, she does that a lot. It's like yeah. being Miss Teen Sweet Valley would somehow make her famous, but. Uh, yeah, at least I guess with the um, with this plan to be somehow become a co-host as hmm. a teenager who is at school, she uh, <laughs> she has a sort of a, a pl- like a, a game plan. There's a mo- bit more structure to it, yeah, than yes. it, than at least the book Jessica. So, like, yeah, I'm I mean, Jesus, we're grasping at straws here, but I have to give the credit <laughs> for that at least to have some kind of a goal in mind to something. True, true. <laughs> well, she says she can't help it if she's ambitious, and Lila says she's not ambitious; she's pathological. Oh my god, like, yes. Between St. Liz and calling Jessica pathological, it's like, yes, lads, this is exactly it. There is a lot of truth telling in this episode. So much. So good. Well, uh, Jessica wants Lila's help and has quite the incentive. Yeah, she says that when she's the co-host, she'll hire Lila. And Lila's like, oh, for what? To bring you coffee? Um, But she then says, well, you know, how does Lila's house of gossip sound? So this pleases Lila greatly. And she's like, well, I do have an inquiring mind. (laughs) I did. Her face when she says this is just (laughs) delightful. I love her so much. And again, like a good few listeners actually have pointed out that like TV Lila is kind of like a mix between Lila and Caroline Pierce. And again, like that is kind of the case here. Like she loves a bit of gossip. She's got that gorgeous red hair. Like there is a bit of Caroline Pierce for sure, I think, mixed into this uh, this version of Lila. Well, yeah. whatever she, whatever is in that mix, we do love it. Oh, we love it, yeah. <laughs> so Jessica says that Jeremy Franks is somehow holding open auditions for his uh, co-host and Lila has to bring, what she wants is for Lila to bring lots of girls to try out. And Lila's confused. Yeah, she's uh, like, well, you're supposed to eliminate the competition. And Jessica's evil jingle kicks in and she's like, that's what I plan on doing. <laughs> I am loving the scheme theme. 
Oh, so much scheming. It's great. <laughs> well, Todd arrives at the Casa del Wakefield and Liz thanks him for the roses. And then in a, a typically rude Todd style, he's like, oh, they're not for me. Oh, God. Yeah, he's like, I didn't send these. And when Liz is like, who did? He like gets really mad at her. And he's like, who do you think? And it's like, how are you mad at Liz for something she has no control over? This is so silly. Well, we cut to the hospital. By the way, let's not think too much about what day, time of day. Oh, you look, know, yeah, this is- makes no, night, day, the hospital's closed <laughs> and all the lights are off. Like, none of it makes any sense. Yeah, who knows what the fuck is going on here. Because <laughs> next thing we know, Liz is back in the hospital. And <laughs> sure. <laughs> is it that evening? Is it the next day? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> well, she's taking down towels and Carl, aka Peter, helps her and says, very creepily, you smell pretty. Oh, no. So she's creeped out and when he goes, she asks Nurse Shelby, who was the one who was popping up at Jessica's shoulder a while ago, <laughs> about Peter. But uh, Nurse Shelby just thinks he's like just a quiet guy, basically. Yeah, she says nobody knows that much about him and he keeps to himself mostly. And it's like, ah, oh, yes, like most murderers. Nice one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so just, you know, quiet guy. Keeps to himself. Like, <laughs> Really, like, I wouldn't find that reassuring if I were, if I were so Liz. Much. And yeah. so. The nurse is like, oh, he's harmless. But, you know, mm. we all know that's not going to be the case. Shelby, yeah. stop your lies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess he has worked there for a while without kidnapping anybody so far. I suppose. It's mm. the sight of a Wakefield drove him to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, at the Moon, moon Burger, Moon Beach, <laughs> The Dairy Beach or the Moon Burger. <laughs> I love it. Next show bags. Yeah. At the Moon Beach, Todd obnoxiously accuses Winston of sending the flowers. Oh, he's like, he's actually just yelling at Winston. He's such an asshole. I know. Like, and he's, he's so aggressive about it. And Winston is understandably annoyed that his best friend won't believe him. And tells Todd he's so jealous he can't see straight. And this just enrages Todd even further. Yeah, he he kind of like scoffs at the idea of of Todd being jealous. And like, to be fair, Todd should be jealous of Winston because Winston is extremely attractive. <laughs> <laughs> That's besides the point. And uh, yeah, Todd's like, says that he just wants Winston to admit that he has a crush on Liz. Um, and Winston's like, look, Liz and I are just good friends. Like, how many times do I have to tell you? And then he's like, you know, and I thought we were too. Which <gasps> he says very sadly. He Winston. does say it sadly, yes. Mm. But then we cut back to the hospital, which is in darkness. It's closing uh, down for the night. There's no one at the nurses' station, so if you have any needs, medical needs at the night, you're fucked in this nope. place because nobody's Sorry, there. Hospital's closed. <laughs> Good luck. Wait until nine tomorrow morning. Like it is literally, as you said earlier, like it's a shop, and it's like this is closing up that evening. <laughs> Yeah. She got the keys from the manager and she's closing up tonight after her shift. <laughs> Don't forget to pull down the shutters, Liz. Yeah. So she's getting something behind the counter of the deserted dark nurses station and stands up to find Peter staring at her. Ooh, so yes, unsurprisingly, she's quite startled by that. Mm. But uh, she just goes, oh, good night and runs off and he mm. stares after her as the ominous music plays. And then... The scheme theme plays as La- Jessica gives a whistle. Oh my god! To alert Lila and the crew, she's drummed up from God knows where. Jessica runs into Jeremy's room, and Lila says, "Okay, girls, it's showtime." 
oh my god yes she's just got this massive like herd of random girls uh in behind her so they're all assembled for for whatever this plan is going to be but yeah when jess comes into uh again frankly's room as i've written down <laughs> poor jeremy's just like oh god don't hurt me what are you doing in here <laughs> um and she says don't worry i'm not here to hurt you which always sounds sinister <laughs> She says she's here to help. And he understandably says he doesn't want her help. But uh, <laughs> she says there's a herd of wannabes outside. They're about to stampede on Frankly Speaking. Oh, God. Yeah. She's like, oh, should I just let them in? So like, if you don't want my help. Um, so, of course, he needs her help and has to bring himself to ask for it. And uh, it gets to the point where he promises to let her co-host the show if she just gets him out of there in time. Well, desperate Jeremy says he'll do anything uh, yeah. for if she can get him out. And uh, of course, she says, so you'll let me be your co-host. And he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But then we get, we can't even call it a montage, <laughs> but it is like a ridiculous silent movie. Okay, I was going to say, what, what did your notes say for this bit? Because I just wrote down full Benny Hill. <laughs> <laughs> See, I thought it was sort of a silent movie crossed with Benny Hill because it sort of had like old style, you know, uh, <laughs> sort of old timey music and yeah. lots of loud sound effects, which is the sort of thing you might see in the Keystone Cops or something. But oh, very true. Yeah, It's a lot of girls running down corridors uh, going wild. So, yeah, it, you can imagine it with. You really could play that over it. Yeah. <laughs> still work for sure oh my god yeah there's all these like comedy footstep sounds and like screeching tires oh god it's hilarious and I guess it's it's kind of it is our montage for this episode so it'll, it'll have to do <laughs> yes I was amazed that they I was thinking like how are they going to fit a montage into this episode and they yes they didn't quite but they hmm. definitely had a weird musical <laughs> sequence Yes, it still counts, I think. Because <laughs> Jessica is zooming around the corridors uh, with, for all frankly speaking, in a wheelchair and uh, misdirecting the girls and going in and out of rooms and pulling some poor sap out of his hospital room and shoving him in a in a lift. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so he's like the decoy man in a wheelchair that gets sent off on his own in a lift, and then all the girls go, "Oh my god, the stairs!" and just head off down another door. So she's managed to uh, to do enough of misdirecting anyway to uh, to get, frankly speaking, to safety and uh, into a little room on his own. <laughs> his own. The poor guy, he's traumatized from her. <laughs> so uh, she says she returns to him and says, "It's unbelievable what some people will do to." get up close and personal with frankly speaking but says he can thank her on the show and quite understandably frankly speaking tries to figure it out to earth oh god yeah in fairness to him he's like jessica be realistic you know you're 16 you've no experience like how could you possibly expect to co-host my show <laughs> i mean how indeed but um she's outraged and says that he promised her the job and then in another side of the extremely lax standards of this hospital uh, he, I don't know I guess he's an orderly reporter too yeah. who is stoned out of his gourd oh, this lad is baked to bits <laughs> like he doesn't know what is going on <laughs> say the bang of weed off him oh. so as he walks into that room yes absolutely <laughs> So, uh, yeah, he goes, oh, cool, Mr. Green, you're going to get a baboon's heart today. So, uh, by the way, this is just a reminder that Jessica just shoved somebody who's about to get a heart transplant 
into a lift on his own. <laughs> Poor man. Dragged yeah. him out of his bed, presumably. God, yeah, well, I guess so. <laughs> and of course, Jeremy's like, I'm not Mr. Green, but uh, Jessica isn't happy or isn't uh, willing to tell the truth. Well, this is the thing now that he's reneged on his promise to to make her his co-host. She's like, right, well, fuck this. She's like, yeah, oh God, this guy, you know, saying he's a TV star. She's like, last week he thought he was Fabio. And she's like, here, I'll help you. And kind of gets him ready to be pushed out the door on his little, is he on a trolley, I think, at this stage. Um, And poor Jeremy Franks is just like, no, I'm I'm not getting a heart transplant. Oh God, I'm Jeremy Franks. I'm from TV. Leave me alone. Well, the orderly tells him, like, oh, maybe you need a psych ward, too. Uh, tells him you'll be a medical wonder. And Jessica's like, oh, yeah, like, basically, we survive. <laughs> it's so sinister. Li- I, I know, she's literally going to, like, willing to uh, send him to, like, major surgery that he doesn't yeah. need. We can only assume important. that, like, surely there's a doctor at the other end of this journey to the, the, the operating room that would be like, no, wait a minute, this isn't the right I, you'd hope, but your luck. I mean, <laughs> thankfully, it's very understaffed this hospital, so who knows? Oh, massively huge shortages going on here, but uh, yeah, thankfully it uh, doesn't quite get to that point for um, for frankly speaking, because uh, <laughs> yeah, he eventually just promises Jess. He's like, "Look, I'll do anything. You can do the fucking show. Oh my god, please save me from this crazy predicament I'm suddenly in." <laughs> so she tells the uh, orderly the truth and says that uh, Mr. Green is in an elevator. And the orderly just uh, doesn't say what the fuck is going on. Uh, why is this transplant patient stuck in a lift? Just runs off saying, phew, phew, close with a dude. To, oh we're all frankly speaking. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> so frankly speaking, tells Jessica she's one of the most ruthless and conniving people he's ever met. Congratulations, you're perfect for my new talk show. Yeah, that's it. He kind of gives her a look of like a grudging respect and he's like, yeah, you're actually perfect for this. <laughs> Jessica is delighted. Mm. We cut to outside the moon beach where Todd and Liz are going towards her car and Todd is still banging on about Winston sending the roses and I oh doesn't believe him. Blah, 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 like, yeah, blah, blah. We, like we don't know how many days have elapsed or what the timeline is, but he's still bitching about it. And even if it's later that day, it's still too fucking long. Like. <laughs> <laughs> well, when they get to the Jeep, what should they find on the windshield? There's a, an envelope there and there's like this love letter in it. So like Liz has barely picked it up out of her hands. Uh, like and Todd just grabs it because he's so rude um, and starts reading it. And she's like, yeah, Todd, what the fuck? But um, when he reads it, it's like friendship is not enough. I dream about you and I love you. And it's unsigned. So, of course, Todd fucking flips the lid saying, oh, it's got to be Winston. And Liz points out it's not Winston's handwriting mm, at all. Yes. And, and which is very reasonable. And Todd's like, why are you defending him? I've tried to be cool about this whole thing. And I was like, you have literally when? For fuck's sake, all he's done is bitch and moan for this whole episode. <laughs> God damn. Can't believe, can't believe he didn't uh, say his trademark line. I'm going to kill I, that guy. I was really hoping for it and it never came. <laughs> Well, uh, Jess or Liz says that she'll take care of Winston. There is nothing to take care of, Liz. He is not clearly not involved. And as yeah. you just said, this isn't his writing. So unless exactly. you think he got somebody else to do it for him. <laughs> Come on, Liz. <laughs> well, they head off. But who should be lurking behind the bins? <gasps> well, this is it. Yeah, because she had dumped the letter in the bin. And then when they've driven off in the Jeep, uh, mystery hands appear <gasps> to take the letter out of the bin. And of course, it's Peter. <gasps> 
dramatic music plays even more ominous than all the dramatic mm. music beforehand in this episode it's kind of getting a bit psycho like slash jaws it's getting a bit it's quite jawsy actually and that's the end of the episode oh my god now I was really hoping that she'd actually be kidnapped in this episode but I'm okay with I'm okay with very ominous Peter looking quite cross uh, and uh, yeah it was a good ominous kind of end of end of show freeze frame Hmm. and I as I said earlier I did cheat and listened to the next episode and uh, they do uh, up the ante quite considerably so I'm excited (gasps) you should be and so should you be (laughs) listeners because we hope you enjoyed this dramatic episode as much as we did Um, we always love hearing from our Pi Beta Alpha sisters and yes you you definitely enjoyed the uh, Dance and Fools last week How could you not? To be fair, like that is a top tier episode. <laughs> Thanks to Claire PH uh, for remi- pointing out that the sign on the door of Jessica's auditions, as she said, actually said the audition, which oh struck me as way more ridiculous than auditions today, which I think is what we said. And it absolutely is funnier. Oh, my God. So much funnier and so much more ridiculous that it's just the audition. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Uh, Katie Longstreth pointed out that if Jessica has won the dance contest for the last two years, that means she was just a freshman when she first won. Uh, as uh, Katie says, the Wakefield exceptionalism strikes again. <laughs> then she said, it also doesn't matter what happens in the storylines. Winston and Lila going at it behind everyone's back is now canon. Agreed. <laughs> Absolutely, 1000%. Also, I had to go back and just check who it was that actually said that in the first place because we've kind of co-opted it now as our own theory, but it was actually Scarlett Silverstone who said it in an email that, uh, <laughs> that Lila and Winston are having a tired affair all through high school and it should be like a Lila's secret diary kind of story. Oh my God, we'd read so, that. Just to give credit where it's due, it was Scarlett's idea, but now it has taken on a life of its own and we've decided it's canon in this TV show. <laughs> Well, um, some of the dance moves were disappointing to you Pi Beta Alpha members. Pippi Ann Shirley uh, wrote, I was excited to see Jessica's moves in this. Sure in my heart that the Daniels had certainly taken loads of dance lessons on their way to stardom. Such a disappointment. No, <laughs> it's so true. Like, I've, I, those girls have definitely taken dance lessons. Like, yeah. like twins who've been acting and modelling, like, since they were, what, 13 or 14 or something. Like, yeah. They've definitely taken dance classes and I know they can dance. <laughs> well, um, Maria Teresa Biblioteca wrote, tell me you're a mid-90s gay man without telling me you're a mid-90s gay man. Franco gets dressed. <laughs> that was fantastic. And yes, 1000% Franco. <laughs> she also uh, said, the 1990s realness of Eden's dress though. I was a junior in high school in 1994 and I had a dress just about that short. I wasn't permitted to wear it outside the house. But no worries, I just bring it with me and change when I got to my friend's house. Aha, the joke's on you, Italian Catholic dad. <laughs> the same could be said for a lot of Irish Catholic dads too. <laughs> I do know plenty of people who used to take clothes to their friends' mm. houses. Yeah, um, that was pretty common, I think, for the old teen discos. Yeah. Well, uh, Neri Sirens had a had an amazing theory. She said, "My headcanon is that Rico was in cahoots with Liz and the Good Gang to make sure Jessica either did the right thing or got her humiliating comeuppance. The whole see time to dance act was an act." No. <laughs> well, she said, yep, that's it. Totally not just cheap as dirt characterization. <laughs> it's very generous of you, Neri. <laughs> very generous. But, you know, 
I could kind of see it. True. Yeah. Laura Kate Diva also had a theory that uh, Koichi set up the whole Todd taking over thing and that he convinced Todd to learn the moves. And that's how he learned the lift at the end of the dance by secretly practicing with Koichi. Oh. It's like the one way to make Todd likable is to pair him <laughs> up with Koichi and have them be cute together. <laughs> that that is true. <laughs> by the way you, um, Karen did ask li- listeners to suggest who they thought the uh, dancing Chippendale might be from the books and I have to say that quite a lot of them agreed with my first instinct <laughs> said it is the one and only Ken you're all dead to me like all of you <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was it. I put up a little question box so people could answer. And then I didn't want to play anymore. (laughs) I mean, Ken was definitely the overwhelming winner. Yeah, fine. (laughs) Although I did enjoy someone suggesting um, Rick Andover. Um, Someone also suggested Jeffrey French. And I think Crunch's name got thrown in there too. Which all seemed kind of likely as well as like, yeah. Some macho dudes needing to make a bit of cash on the side. <laughs> True, there you go. Working by day, that by night, working up a sweat. <laughs> yeah. He was pushing it. <laughs> um, well, we uh, we also, well, I say we, Karen has also done some digging work and discovered what's happened to our fave Japanese exchange student. That's right, yeah. Like, we were both so disappointed that... Um, Koichi didn't go on to be in anything else. Um, the actor, yeah, Michael Hayashida, like literally that was his only IMDb credit. Um, so I went internet detective because I just had to know what happened. And he's now, he's actually like a very successful um, like foreign exchange managing director guy for East West Bank, which is like a, a California bank that deals a lot with China and kind of um, helping people do business across the Pacific and stuff. And he's like really successful and still very handsome. Very handsome. (laughs) Now, he must be about my age. He must be in his mid-40s. And the years have been very kind to Mm, Koichi. They sure have. And it definitely was him. Like that was, like it was not another person with the same name. It was 100% the same very handsome head. Yeah, that that is the same handsome man just grown up and wearing a suit now. You know, I'm not a huge fan of bankers, but I I know. There was also part part of me that was like, good for you, Koichi. You may not have continued with the old screen acting, but like, you've you've found your calling. You know, he's done very well for himself, but I'm happy for him. Yes. And he did look great. Smiley this bank also do seem oh very smiley but this bank also uh not that i'm a total stalker but they do seem to do a lot of like community outreach stuff and that type of thing so ah. maybe it's not all that as banks go it seems like a relatively nice one if there is such a thing <laughs> so yes koichi has been tracked down by detective karen and, uh... <laughs> i like that you're saying detective and not stalker that's much nicer <laughs> i'm in this fine line that's... oh god <laughs> i know yeah i'll just close all these tabs now no further questions <laughs> If he goes missing, listeners, then, you know, there's nowhere to find. I have an alibi. I can prove my whereabouts. <laughs> well, Pi Beta Alpha members, thank you for joining us this week in the, uh, in Carl the Orderly's shack, which, <laughs> spoiler alert, we will see next week. <gasps> I'm so excited for this next episode. There's no way I'm going to be able to wait two weeks to watch it. No. Well, that was the thing. After I watched the, uh, the first one that we have just discussed, I was like, I'll just let, just let YouTube automatically <laughs> play the next one. 
oh no (laughs) (laughs) I did not watch the third but I did watch the second and I won't I swear to god listeners I won't spoil it but let's just say another character from the books who has not yet appeared does appear and it's let's just say it's a character we love to hate Ooh, mm. yes, I'm I'm very intrigued by this. So, well, yeah, I'm gonna have to be watched sooner rather than later for sure. Brace yourselves. That's all I can say. <laughs> um, so, Pi Beta Alpha members, as ever, you are the wind beneath our wings, and we love hearing from you. I'm sure you know by now how to get in touch with us, but uh, it's on Twitter at SVH Podcast. Yeah, you can fire us over an email at svhpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, we are on Instagram where Karen is doing sterling work with some reels uh, <laughs> where she's been giving us all the opportunity to find our Sweet Valley girlfriends and Sweet Valley boyfriends. Yeah, I've decided I'm not scared of reels anymore. I'm going to give them a go. <laughs> so now we have two reels on our page. <laughs> and very entertaining they are too. I got Lila as my girlfriend and Bruce as my boyfriend. I mean, that's a fucking power throuple right there. I know. <laughs> Though I think I would just be the sort of peasant child next no. to them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, your honour. Oh, God. <laughs> I, think I, I don't know. I think they might be too much for me with their uh, <laughs> fabulous wealth. I'd be too intimidated by them. But um, still, I mean, it's better than ending up with... I don't know, Aaron Dallas or something. Well, look, it'd be a fun weekend, whatever happened. (laughs) It certainly would. (laughs) Though, I mean, the dilemma would be, would we go out in the Lime Green Triumph or would Bruce won? (gasps) Oh my God, you just have to alternate. (laughs) Well, listeners, we will see you next week in the the main feed where I think we could give our Pi Beta Alpha sisters a heads up about Mm -hmm. which book won the poll. Can you reveal it, please? It was by quite a margin, Murder on the Line. (gasps) It was, uh, though there were quite a few people who genuinely wanted to make us read a book about uh, Nicholas Morrow to see how angry we got about it. <laughs> I mean, that's, I guess that's what we get for getting so angry about him all the time. <laughs> and also, I respect them for, you know, d- wanting to uh, provoke us in that way. It's like, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. <laughs> we will get round to it eventually, so we it will. will happen. But uh, yeah. yeah, apparently this one, a couple of people said that it has some OTG elements. So very excited about that. Very excited. Yeah, and I think I vaguely remember reading this one like years and years ago because someone mentioned like the name Greenback and I was like, wait a second, I know that. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's going to be a good OTG time, I think, for oh, sure. Well, listeners, we'll see you in the main feed for some OTG murder shenanigans. <laughs> And we will see you back here in Carl's shack in two weeks' time when we find out what happens when Elizabeth Wakefield is actually kidnapped. Part two. (laughs) See you then, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.